Welcome to the InnerSelf.com audio version of Seven Ways You Can Show Respect to Your Diverse Team Written by Kelly McDonald, author of It's Time to Talk About Race at Work Narrated by Pam Atherton Respect is profoundly meaningful, but costs nothing to give. Here are ways you can demonstrate and model respect for your diverse co-workers, regardless of who they are or what their positions are within your organization. Number one, listen without interruption, arguing, or defensiveness. This may be the most important and easiest thing you can do. When working with people who are different from you, actively listening to their ideas, feedback, thoughts, or concerns conveys tremendous respect. Give them your full attention and let them finish speaking before you comment or ask a question. Number two, ask questions. Questions are respectful because they encourage someone to share their opinions, ideas, and input. When talking with team members, particularly about difficult subjects such as race or inequity at work, we are often uncomfortable asking questions because we don't know where the answer will lead and we're uncomfortable with the conversation as a whole, so we sure don't want to prolong it by asking questions. We just want it over with. But asking questions such as, can you tell me more about that idea? Or, what are the obstacles we need to identify to address this? Or, what do you think is the best way to proceed? Are not only viable, they also convey that you're committed, you're in this, and you're not afraid to learn more. Number three, honor their experience instead of discounting it. Whether it's professional experience or life experience, your diverse team comes to the table with experience you probably don't have. It could be very positive experience, but it may not be, and it's important to acknowledge their experience, regardless of whether you can relate to it or fix it. For example, my friend Tasha is a black woman who worked in a warehouse when she was in her early 20s. She was the only woman on the team, the only black person on the team, and the only one in her 20s. All the guys were white and all had at least 10 more years of experience. She wasn't harassed in an overt way, but the team found ways to put her down or dismiss her capabilities. When she would bring up an issue or a problem she'd come across, the guys would say things like, Don't you worry about that, Missy. Just finish the report and leave the problems to us. She felt she wasn't learning or growing much in that role, so she resigned and took another job. On her first day in her new job, her manager met with her for an hour and asked her in-depth questions about her past experiences, saying, We're so excited about having you on our team. The first 30 days in any new job are a big learning curve, and I want to get you off to a strong start. I'd like you to tell me about how you learn best, what blocks progress for you, and what support I can provide that will be helpful to you in the next 30 days. Wow, what a great first day on the job conversation. Anyone would feel supported and respected and valued with a conversation like that. With that foundation of respect and trust from day one, Tasha felt comfortable and safe to share her experiences from her previous job, good and bad and her manager had a better understanding of what would help her to be successful from the start. 
Tasha and her boss enjoyed a fabulous working relationship for more than a decade, and she credits him with showing her exactly how to demonstrate respect and support for an employee. Number four, validate their contributions. We all like to be recognized for our contributions at work. It feels good to have others comment on our work, our commitment, and our expertise or experience. By validating a co-worker's contribution, you show respect for their efforts and the outcome. Jonah is an IT professional at a large manufacturing company. In manufacturing, production equals money and downtime equals lost money. When the company went through a major software and systems upgrade, he worked for six weeks straight without a single day off to ensure that the upgrade process went smoothly and the manufacturing pace continued without interruption. His boss not only congratulated him on the success of the installation, but also praised him in an email to the entire company. Jonah was also invited to a meeting with the company's top executives, where they thanked him for his tireless efforts and his dedication to making sure the manufacturing process continued uninterrupted. Well, you can imagine how good Jonah felt about his work and the respect his company and his boss showed him for his contribution. You don't have to wait for a big moment or a monumental achievement to validate someone's contribution. Some of the most significant contributions workers make are the smaller, steady, everyday ones that keep business moving forward. Let's say you have someone on your team who prepares a monthly budget report. It may be a task, but it's an important one. You can show respect for your employees' ongoing contributions by telling them, in the budget forecast you create each month, I want you to know that I see how much care and detail you put into it. It's evident. It's very thorough, and that's critical to the planning process. I wanted to specifically let you know that your attention to detail is very much appreciated and valued. Thank you for always doing such a terrific job on that. Wouldn't a comment like that feel good? Everyone likes recognition and respect for the work they do. Number five, avoid teasing. Some people say that teasing is a sign of affection. After all, as an adult, if you don't like someone, you don't tease them. You ignore them. But at work, it's best to avoid teasing someone because you may not know when you cross the line from playfulness to mocking. What you consider playful joking could actually embarrass or hurt someone, and you might not even know it. Number six, don't blame. Focus on constructive outcomes. Blame doesn't work very well when it comes to solving a problem, for two reasons. One, it's disrespectful, and two, it's rooted in the past. Blame typically makes the other person defensive or forces them to admit to making a mistake. Admitting to making a professional mistake is quite embarrassing, and in many cultures, it is profoundly shameful. It's better to address a mistake or problem by talking with the individual about what happened identifying where the breakdown occurred, and then moving to, what can we learn from this and do differently so that this doesn't happen again? What needs to happen to get this back on track? This approach puts the mistake on the table for examination and discussion and respectfully identifies that the worker is responsible because it's their job, but preserves their dignity. It allows them to step up and fix the mistake with their pride intact. 
Blame is focused on what already happened and an outcome that already occurred. How could you let this happen? Or why didn't you tell me the project was over budget? Or why didn't you finish the sales report yesterday? It's very important to identify how mistakes are made or where processes break down. But it's more respectful and productive to focus on better future outcomes and getting it right than to focus on the past with blame. Number seven, respect boundaries. We all have boundaries, but some people are not good at saying no. It can be extremely difficult for a worker to tell a coworker or boss that they are uncomfortable with a request. It's hard to tell someone to back off, especially someone in a higher position in your organization. Show respect to your coworkers by not overstepping their personal or professional boundaries. Here are some common ways that boundaries get abused at work. Asking single or childless workers to stay late to finish a project or meet a deadline because those who are parents have to get home to their kids. Asking people who are bilingual or speak multiple languages to translate for you. Expecting women to choose between their family and a job promotion that requires long hours and or business travel. It's not an either-or, and it's not your business. Many, many women successfully balance family and demanding jobs and travel for work. Rarely is a man asked whether a job promotion will interfere with his family life. It's not your job to determine what another person can handle regarding their work and home life. Expecting people of color to speak for or represent their entire race or ethnicity. I don't speak for all white people or all women. How could I? People who have kids don't speak for all parents. Someone who lives in California doesn't speak for all residents of the state. You get the idea. While it's wise to get input and perspective from your diverse team, it's unfair to put pressure on them to come up with solutions or processes just because they're black or brown or Asian, etc. They're employees, not sociologists. The same is true of expecting a gay employee to speak for or represent the entire LGBTQ community. Showing respect to people of other races, ethnicities, gender or gender identification, cultures, and generations is the foundation of having productive conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion at work. You're trying to make your workplace better, but you can't do it alone. You need help from diverse people you work with every day. They'll help you get it right if they know you're coming from a place of respect and sincere interest. Respect is the key that opens the door to real talk and real progress. We hope that you have enjoyed this article. For over 30 years, we at Inner Self have sought to encourage new attitudes and new possibilities. For more inspiration, visit us at InnerSelf.com. Thank you. Visit the Inner Self Market for new attitudes and new possibilities. You'll find inspiring books, wonderful music CDs, audiobooks, card decks, candles, jewelry, gifts, all kinds of wonderful things. Visit us at market.innerself.com.